Welcome to the Gorilla Social Work Podcast, your crackerjack clinical insurgents pitting evidence against anecdotes. What is up, Gorilla Social Workers? We're thrilled to bring you another chit-chat with your host, Jeff Firechin Moore, and yours faithfully, Mace Warren. Jeff and I are both forensic psychotherapists that specialize in treating clients involved in the criminal justice system. We love sharing our misguided musings with all of you, and we thank you so much for your ongoing listenership. Today, the GSW crew tries to tackle the topic of toxic masculinity. We discuss the idea that manhood and masculinity represents a fixed, inevitable, and natural state of being, or if masculinity is something that is malleable and made, not given. If you like what you hear, convince the five-star rating that using black charcoal when they brush will actually make their teeth shine whiter. But before they try it for the first time, replace their tooth charcoal with black paste industrial dye. And now, on with the show. How do you know he has a little paint? Well, I guess. Look at it. It's a little dick. That thing (laughs) is oddly anatomically correct, too. (laughs) You know. Hope not. Well, I mean. Look how big the dome is, man. I got a big. I I have a big head. Yeah. 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 I I guess so. So Jeff has this. Jeff has this uh, this little toy. It's a this redheaded little stepchild he's <laughs> like uh what's that the size of like what one of those little trolls like with the hair but a little bit smaller right so two inches three three inches yeah and um it, it it it's like a to me i it looks like that water goes in his mouth and he spits it out right mm. but what's weird about that doll it, it's got red hair so my is, son is gave, the video gone yeah video's gone yeah. so my son gave it to him and uh and what's weird about that doll is, um, <laughs> is it, uh, it has, it's anatomically, it's got a, it's got a little wang on it. Uh, you, you can't really see it, but just a tiny little thing. Although the, 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 the part about this that I struggle with is that a conversation in a production meeting had to happen. about whether or not to put that little wang and then and then an engineer had to create that mold at one point or another and a qa person had to review that and say yep this is that little wang's the right side just specifications yeah i mean how many how many of those things have gone in have gone out into the real world you know out of production and that all came down to I promise you a decision was made about whether or not they're going to put a... I was going to say... It's com- it seems like you'd have to take some extra steps to put that on there. It, they would. It, like, they could have just gone without and made it like a Ken doll. Oh, yeah. But yeah, they, yeah. they chose to add a little nub. I don't know why that what meant... It, like, think about all the disappointed children, the little 
budding perverts, right? Mm. That are undressing Barbies and cans. And like, <laughs> Finally, I get to find out. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they get down like, oh, yeah. <laughs> some skin colored underwear here. Just all smooth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ken's all sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Ken. <laughs> He's got that look on his face. It is what it is. Uh, dude, have you seen the uh, speaking of Ken and Barbie? You know, there's a Barbie movie, right? No. Have you? You haven't seen the. OK, so there is. OK. And anybody listening to this, like, so Ken is is played by the the great Ryan Gosling too. That's a good looking sure. fellow. Yeah, and dude, he's ripped too. It was Barbie? Uh, um, the 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 gal who played Harley Quinn. Okay. I yeah, yeah. What's her name? Um, I know Margot. Margot Robbie. Yeah, 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 Margot Robbie. But who cares about that, dude? I'm talking about freaking. Yeah. Dreamboat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's all ripped. He's got abs. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like, uh, I never thought of Ken as like super manly though. You know what I mean? Wasn't he supposed to be? Um, kind of like the archetype of a, a masculine square jawed. I mean, I don't know. I, I, is there even a Barbie cartoon? I guess I'd never even known there was a plot line. To yeah. Barbie. I thought they were just dolls. Yeah. <laughs> no? I think, well, that's kind of the whole point behind it is, you know, a you make your own child's adventure. imagination. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always thought Ken is being real alpha. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I don't know that smile. And then he just, you know, his fashion choices too. Fair enough. I'm just saying, I used to always torment my sisters because I had like these little, Chuck Norris dolls when I was a kid. They weren't dolls. Chill. They were action figures. Um, but action figures were smaller, like demonstrably smaller than Barbies. Like Barbies were giants, oh, yeah, and Ken sure. was a giant. Did compared. you have Ninja Turtles or He-Man or any of that? Dude, I had all the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, me too. All of them. Every single one of those suckers. And then I can't remember what ended up happening to those. Like some, I still got mine. They got like lost in a move or something. <laughs> See, I, I know, I know, dude. I know. But they were... No, they were super sweet. Who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Michelangelo. Oh, of course. Is orange. it because of the orange? Yes, obviously. <laughs> Clearly. Dude. I'll, <laughs> do you know what? I'll, I'll bet you can guess who's my favorite. Raphael. Of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> well, first of all, he's a dick. And That's the exactly red. Yeah. yeah. So The, the yeah. red came secondary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even in the cartoon, he was kind of cool. But, dude, I, I went back in because uh, I saw at Costco they had uh, all of the old Ninja Turtle uh, cartoons and they were in on a DVD in like that little, like the van. And I do, I was like, okay, I'm buying these. I don't care how much they are. And I bought them. And then, and then, yeah, I just had that Ninja Turtle video game sitting in the playroom. That's too. right. I know. I, I like that game. Dude, Ninja Turtles. Raph sucks to play with though. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. He's just not very good. Why was that? Um, well, there's that impossible Nintendo game. That's has. just <laughs> Nintendo hard. Yeah, huh? Nintendo hard. Yeah. Why were Why were Ninja Turtles so cool? I think Ninja anything is cool. Yeah, but there was something about Ninja. I don't get it. Like, what? Nothing about that would suggest that, that was going to be cool. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, think yeah, about well, that pitch. That this, pitch is about as good as the pitch for this dude. Yeah. Well, let's see. All right. So there's some ooze that ends up turning ninja like four turtles and a rat into these anthropomorphized hybrids and they fight crime yeah but turtles i know it is weird and then how did where did the ninja stuff come in and there's a lot of technology in like that. why ninja yeah I mean, why well, ninjas i mean 
Well, I think that's easy. I mean, if, if you're talking like a, a pitch in a marketing meeting, like Ninja, especially in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Ninja anything. And do they stay perpetual teenagers? Or? Seems like it. <laughs> are, are, are it's a, now it's the, a hole in the plot. Yeah. yeah. Are they now the, the middle-aged ninja yeah. <laughs> <mingy> ninjas? <laughs> they don't move like they used to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, speak, speaking of. Turtles uh, live a long time, though. I, yeah, that is people. true. Yeah. That is true. Tortoises live for like what? 3,000 years. years? Yeah. <laughs> 3,000? <000? laughs> turtles walking around that know Jesus. <laughs> uh, speaking of G's, geez. Yeah. Well, you, uh, yeah, speaking of uh, masculine stuff, you're doing some dumb masculine stuff this weekend. Yeah, aren't yeah. You? usually the two things go together dumb masculine. Yeah. yeah. Yours, your guys is, uh, you know, that's the. Uh, you and you and Arlo, Arlo specifically, like when I hear these things, you know, it's it's very manly, but then also begs the question, like, wh- what you know, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, like why you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and when you guys explained it to me, I think on the last podcast when we had him, this is about a year ago, right? Well, it doesn't why isn't make- he here? By the way, talking to us, that would have been smart to invite him, right? So we could. Because he's got so what is this the Operation Underground Railroad? Yeah, and where, another one too, right? What's uh, the other one? Um, Destiny Rescue. So this yeah. is so you guys can find out what Jeff's doing at www.tenmiletruckpole.com. It's one zero mile truck pole, all one word. dot com. Now, I don't know what pulling a truck has to do at all with helping out. You know, donating money to stop child sex trafficking like there's no correlation well i i thought about it for a minute because i think you told me like if if there were because when you said it's it's to um i think the text you originally sent me was it's to support human sex trafficking is that how i put it i can't remember but in my (laughs) mind what i thought was you guys put humans in the back of a truck and actually traffic them. We were doing the traffic. Yeah. 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 And then of course I was just, well, what happens to the humans afterward? You know, and that, I don't know if that turns into thought that far ahead. Yeah. Somebody yeah. else's problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just leave them out in the salt flats. We got you from point A to point B 10 miles. And you're on your own. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just sitting in the back there. All, hey, so can, now what? Can we leave? Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Do, do yeah. what you yeah. will. Yeah. Yeah. I've done my man. Yeah, I've stuff. done my man. Yeah. <laughs> For the day. Yep. This is out at the Bonneville Speedway. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so yeah, so what's what's the basic idea? Is it just awareness raising, like kind of yeah, like yeah, basically physical stunts? So, yeah, that's our awareness. Yeah, okay, it's a, yeah, it's, okay. A, it's a stunt. Yeah, yeah. It's How a, far are you guys gonna pull? What kind of truck is it? D- well, okay, so last year, so did, did did we do the podcast with Arlo before or after we did the truck pull? Was I think it, it was before. Before, and then you guys were gonna do a truck, and then you end up going out and pulling a RV. Subaru Brat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish that would have been great. I, we ended up pulling an RV. It was loaded up at like 18,000 pounds or something. Uh, me, Arlo, Dave Castillo. Wait, why then, was it loaded up? I, do, you know, do you know Arlo? Yeah, but with what? Uh, was, Not humans, right? <laughs> yeah, with people. Yeah. <laughs> like like fully like furnished, you know, had like kitchen set. Every, just, I mean, just, it was, oh, it was like oh, okay. It wasn't it, like an empty. Well, yeah, you're not going to take all that stuff out just right. for the sake of you guys. That was... Top five hardest things I've done. Really? Sure. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How far did you guys pull it? 10 miles. 
Oh yeah. yeah. That was well, I was gonna go out there, but then it took all day. It was raining. And I was like, no. And dude, and like <laughs> the weather's been amazing through October. It's 70 Except degrees. for that day. <laughs> dude. And it's happening again. Guess what? Saturday. It's it's raining. I, I know. I know. Like I have a bike ride scheduled for Saturday. Um I think Thirty-five miles or something? Not nothing crazy, dude, but oh, that's not crazy. Not on a bike. It's a bike, dude. I guess I, I know. I, it's I, not I, a huffy. I mean, yeah, <laughs> if you're riding a mountain bike that okay, far, yeah, enough. it'd be rough. I've never ridden a bike like you have. For, oh no, 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 at, well, ever. Thirty-five is fine. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm going tomorrow instead because, yeah, twenty seconds. You hate the weather, man. You um, full on train for marathons and said nah. Yeah, no, I don't like I don't like cold. I don't like cold stuff. I've heard you say it though. You're you're if I if I know you, it's that like the race itself is supposed to be the reward, and so you want it to be enjoyable. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah, not miserable. And then it just seems like all that training though, man. That's like, and then to not do it, it's heartbreaking. (laughs) Yeah, that's only well, that only happened one time that I that it was. but there was something wrong with me too. I made a halfway to the. I went to the halfway mark on the Ogden Marathon, but it was snowing at the start line. That and sucks. Dude, my feet were numb by the time I got there and hurting, and I didn't know what was going on. Like, so were you sick? No, I wasn't like sick, sick. But it was just like something was going on. I couldn't feel parts of my body that I probably should be able to feel. That so seems important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was pretty rough. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I if it, if it, if it's just kind of a goofy thing like this not that supporting and raising awareness for child sexual trafficking or whatever is the, is goofy it's not i'm saying the that, event itself is sure yeah. and uh yeah if it's gonna rain then f you man yeah. i'm just i'm not interested especially wet i don't like wet you know what i mean like i went up this last hunting uh that I, cold over wet that i went on it was cold and wet that sucks and there was nothing to do about it like you were just everything was wet everything was miserable oh, the entire time you yeah. can't get dry can't get warm dude i you know it those tough things though really make me appreciate i mean like when i was going back um because we you know the the place that we go it's uh you know we're on these electric mountain bikes which i know sounds super lame but they're hard they're hardcore and uh the one that i was using was a little older than than the other ones. It was called Rambo. I don't think it's ever going to make it up that mountain again. But on the way back, I like I wrecked like three times on the way back. Oh God! Like over the handlebars and everything. Luckily, I had like all my gear on because I didn't I didn't really get hurt. My elbow's still kind of messed up, but over the handlebars. Damn. Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah. The- It's super steep. Yeah, and um, and I was so grateful to get back to my truck and get in there and take my socks off and just let the heater go on to them. And I was like, oh. This is heaven this right here. Yeah, like the dumbest little thing, but having gone through hell like that, it was really nice to have something that was just, you know, sure a, as hell appreciated. Oh uh, yeah, that. a little bit dry and yeah, it, it was it's pretty gnarly. But then Alan, that crazy bastard, he stayed up there another two days. It was snowing and everything. It was it was rough. Yeah, he's yeah. built different. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, that. Uh, well, yeah, I was I was thinking. Um, since this was coming up, um, the yeah, what's this Operation Underground Railroad? Yeah, currently works in forty countries in all fifty states. They rescue victims, help provide aftercare, and offer tools and resources to domestic law enforcement agencies to help fight human trafficking. And then this is for also for Destiny Rescue, which works in ten different countries in Latin America, Asia, and Africa. 
They focus on rescuing victims and safely reintegrating them into their communities. And so whatever money you guys get from people donating to this, it goes to that. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's cool. That's, that's right. There's a couple documentaries on YouTube. Uh, well, I don't, I haven't watched the destiny rescue one, but there's a, the underground railroad one. Um, it's, it's wild. It's, it's something that 100% appeals to me, although I'll never do it. The, um, I mean, they legit go like kick down doors and like rescue kids. Arlo said he was going to do that, right? Yeah. Did he ever do any of that? Well, well, actually, uh, no, but damn it. I know. Um, that's the thing is like, like, I mean, Arlo and I were both looking at it. We, we were, we had loosely scheduled to go talk with their people a few months ago and it just fell through. But, um, Oh, so you guys well, yeah, chickened we, out. Well, okay, cool. actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but look, I, I have no business doing some like special operations. Like that's I, I gotta leave that for the people that have that kind of training. I'm oh, not yeah. I'm not like what I mean, it's I kinda can, like it's I kinda like with you that. and fighting. Like you do jujitsu, which you know, you're good at. But like when it comes to fighting, getting punched in the face. Yeah, I'm not very good at getting punched. I just think it's like a it's just and I don't know. I mean I respect it a lot. Like it's one thing that I I can be a fan of. I struggle with being a fan of anything, but I can be a fan of that. And uh, I have a lot of respect for it. But man, I just don't, I mean, I don't know. Fighting's fun when you win, right? Like it's really fun, you know? But outside of that, it's just not fun. No, I see, I love it. (laughs) No, no, no. Like getting punched. No, no, no. That's not fun. Yeah, no, oh, I'm yeah, talking about not, okay. All right, fighting, fighting, wrestling. Right. Yeah, yeah. all right, all right. Yeah, yeah no, get, no, losing. <clears throat> yeah, man, especially and look, this is maybe lame to admit, but like my worst fear would be getting knocked out in front of all my friends, all my family. Oh, dude, just flatlined by I know, somebody. I know. Oh, I would never God. let it down ever. <laughs> I would never let it go yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like your wrath is specifically why I don't fight. <laughs> <laughs> my wrath yeah <laughs> it, it, that would just be embarrassing but i mean just neurological issues too that, like, it just doesn't that. seem it just doesn't seem like it just I, I mean granted those people are just tough and you know uh cut from a different cloth but it just i don't know man it just doesn't appeal to me to do to actually do it i mean i've been in a lot of fights in my life you know but they all seemed you know opportunistic and I don't know. Spur of the moment. I figure <laughs> not something like, with intention that you train and during the 12 week training camp, you're getting blasted. Yeah. In the head. It's always but, with my buddies. I'm like, ah, this is going to go, you know, yeah. not in front of people, you know, where it could. Yeah. So lights on you. <clears throat> excuse me. Well, it, it was, it's kind of funny. Cause like, um, when I think about that truck pole and what you guys are doing, it just reminds me like of, of, you know, when I think about Arlo, that's like a, a, you know, a manly man like he is for sure a masculine dude but at the same time one of the most gentle creatures i've ever met you know what i mean and Absolutely. so well, right so like th- this is where um i wanted to talk about this tonight because you i'm sure are familiar with the term toxic masculinity yep. <laughs> i mean we both are and one thing i want to prepare everybody we're not getting into a ton of like gender pronouns and shit tonight so i don't think we ever will because it's kryptonite no matter what way you go on it (laughs) so it's going to remain a mystery where jeff and i stand on all that (laughs) but but um when i was thinking about like what what it means to be masculine right like uh, you can't help but consider arlo to be a masculine dude and you too but you guys are pretty gentle too when it comes right down to it right and 
So I think about those things and I'm like, well, I don't know. You know, I, I look at a lot of the clients that we work with and we work predominantly with men. And we were having this conversation just the other day in group. And, you know, I was really getting it down to, um, to, you know, what the differences are, especially in the criminal justice system with how men are looked at and how women are looked at in like in the, the men and women in the justice system. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's kind of highlighted there, right? Like there are, are stark differences in terms of their treatment. Okay. Like how Definitely. they are, how they are treated. Um, I think we've, we've given a few examples there. And so, uh, you know, my appeal to that is, well, you can, you know, guys start to link masculinity and manhood and being a badass with like prototypical things like aggression, aggression and violence and just shit like that. You know what I mean? And I just don't think it does us as guys any favors, because if ever I'm on the receiving end of judgment from the criminal justice system or anywhere else, um, I I would like to be looked at a little bit differently. You know what I mean? And and I just I don't know. I don't. I, and I wanted to talk a little a little bit about that to to try to see um, where you stand on it. And then I'll just also just kind of share obviously our points with our listeners to maybe add some add some thought to their to their mix in this whole thing. But I don't know. I don't even like that term toxic masculinity. I think it's. I, 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 I'm sick of the word toxic it, anyway. It's yeah, so overplayed. It, it's it's right up there with all the other words like journey. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like the, I mean the concept like toxic masculinity. Well, do we have it? Do we have a definition that we can look up? Like just kind of how it's colloquially defined. Um, Cause I mean, like, I mean, I, yeah, I think we're nowhere. Sure. It, it, it just kind of, it, here, here's the problem as you're looking it up. Yeah. This is my problem with that phrase is that toxic masculinity and masculinity seem to be interchangeable words, synonymous words to people that say toxic masculinity. It's, it's as though there, there hasn't really been a good definition of what so healthy masculinity is. Toxic masculinity test. <laughs> What well let's see we got the New York Times what is toxic masculinity <clears throat> let's see uh wanna... medical news today Wikipedia should we just go Wikipedia yeah let's do Wikipedia. all right Wikipedia works let's okay, just so toxic go. masculinity is a set of certain male behaviors associated with harm to society and men themselves traditional stereotypes of men as socially dominant along with related traits such as misogyny and homophobia can be considered toxic due in part to their promotion of violence, including sexual assault and domestic violence. The, the violent socialization of boys often normalizes violence, such as in the saying boys will be boys about bullying and aggression. And so yeah, that, you know, it's interesting because we just got through talking about our love for fighting and everything. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's some differences just, I don't want to harp on the fighting thing for too long, but like consent plays a big role. Yeah, I think in the type of fighting that you and I might endorse. Sure. You know, and uh, like purpose driven, but like kind of back to what I was saying that, you know, toxic masculinity is a it pretty was well, like household term basically mm -hmm. at this point, at least at least it seems like it. And the people that often <clears throat> promote or talk about toxic masculinity in my experience, don't do much to draw a distinction between that and just 
masculinity in in that when they talk about, well, what is healthy, what are healthy behaviors for a a man? They, they will list, uh, like things like, you know, uh, compassion and, you know, being nurturing and open and being vulnerable, which all, all those things definitely have their places as, as well. But like, I think it misses the mark for kind of how men have evolved to be over the years, as far as the traits that make great men great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think it's important for young men, adult men, all men to be able to have like an ideal of how to be a man. Yeah. Uh, and to fully separate that out from the admittedly toxic aspects of, you know, what, what we're referring to. Cause I mean, there's like, I mean, man, we, we do, we do tend to, we do, there is something we do better than women and mm-hmm. that's commit crime, you know? What? But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, a violent crime, like, we we're, we're pretty out there. So, so there are elements of being, we're, we commit all the crime. Yeah. Bro. Basically all of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, we are better at women than at being deviant, aggressive. Well, idiots. well and I, I had, um, do you, so I, I pulled a couple of clips, um, from, do, do you remember that? It was like an educational video that I showed you. Um, it was called tough guys and it was by, yeah. Yeah. G U I S E. Mm-hmm. It was by Jackson Katz. Um, so I, I pulled a few different, um, clips from there, which I thought would kind of generate some good discussion too. And, um, you know, what you're saying is not wrong at all because I think that (laughs) toxic seems like a weird link to it though. Right. Like, um, I was just, when I thought about toxic, I was talking about sewage and shit. Yep. (laughs) That's what comes to mind. Not violence like that. That doesn't, that doesn't, um, you know, I, my biggest concern more than anything is that when you think about dudes or masculinity or manhood, that that somehow is synonymous with violence, right? That's, I think, where things get into trouble. Mm-hmm. And um, even even as you're talking, though, right, like people are going to be listening to this. And when you're saying things like, OK, well, yeah, being compassionate and being nurturing and being, you know, uh, vulnerable are all traits of being a, uh, like a, a good man. Right. Um, but that's not the end of it. There's also traits. And, and so what I think the problem is, is that you think, Oh no, 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 the opposite. Then the, the only, the only other extension of that is the opposite, which I'm saying, well, no, that's, that's not true whatsoever. The opposite being <clears throat> like cold hearted, cold hearted, yeah. violent, you know, no emotions, aggressive stuff like that. No. And so it, it's not one or the other. It can be all of those things, you know? Um, and it, it's not to suggest that violence or aggression or anything like that is a natural trait towards men, although we are attributed to this and, and there's a good reason why. So here, I got like a couple, couple of clips. They're not long. They're like two Great. minutes each. Yeah, they're a couple minutes each. And then l- let's let's look at these, and then we'll come back, and then we'll kind of we'll talk about uh, this a little bit more. I've prepared some good ones here. Because for the most part, violence is a men's issue. Whether we're talking about the horrifying, oh, dude, high-profile mass shootings Video. we've seen. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Here, hold on one second. Oh. Oh, stage crew. <laughs> Boo. Okay. We boo ourselves. So so while I'm pulling this up, um, if you guys haven't, they that's that's actually a really good um like his his uh 
his document and i don't know what it is visit an education what's his name again jackson katz jackson k-a-t-z and it's tough guys g-u-i-s right 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 clever (laughs) yeah it is it is kind of clever yeah and he's done his whole life uh, life's work on this um and, and if you're like for a lot of guys that i talk to they start listening to this stuff and they're you know immediately they're just like, oh you know and like he's not talking out against um dudes you know that like, that's not the purpose of what he's trying to accomplish um basically what he's trying to do is bring attention and awareness to like okay well here's here's the reasons why people view us this way and um and what what can we do to kind of work against it? You know what I mean? Like is the, his delivery off putting? No, something? I don't think so. I don't think so. I've always I've always kind of dug it, um, but well, maybe it just has to do with me. Let's see. We're right here. I think we got it. Oh, this good. Time. All right. Yeah. No sound now. No, no, no. There's sound. Don't worry. <laughs> There's a fair use notice. That's actually really good. See, we're not YouTube. We're not. We don't have any copyright infringement <laughs> right? here. Yeah. Let me fast forward to where we're adding, and we're we're adding to. We're we're there. You go. We're content there creators. Go. Okay. This is not exactly where I had it queued up, but you get the general idea. Chance to talk about it. The reason I work with and focus on men is simple, because for the most part, violence is a men's issue. Whether we're talking about the horrifying, high-profile mass shootings we've seen over recent decades the far greater rates of murder and gun violence we see on a day-to-day basis that barely register in the national news, or the epidemic of sexual and domestic violence, the vast majority of this violence is committed by men, young men, and boys. The statistics tell the story. 86% of armed robberies are committed by men. 77% of aggravated assaults are committed by men. 87% of stalkers are men. 86% of domestic violence incidents resulting in physical injury are perpetrated by men. 99% of rapes are committed by men. Men commit approximately 90% of murder. And over the past 30 years, 61 of the last 62 mass shootings have been committed by men. I didn't even know there was a female. But while these numbers are striking, they rarely have ever come into play in mainstream discussions about violence. Okay, so, I mean, you kind of get the general sense there of what he's talking about. I mean, those men commit all the crimes, all of them, right? So I guess the question is, like, from, from this, why is it... Um, from your perspective, why do you think that that men and boys do commit such an overwhelming percentage of violence, especially in our country? No, toxic masculinity. Podcast <laughs> over. <laughs> Roll credits. <Done>, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I mean, there's like kind of the classic answer. There's there's going to be biological reasons and uh, social reasons, mm-hmm. and uh, I think. The, the way that human societies have evolved. I mean, like we, you have to acknowledge that testosterone must play a role, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's linked to aggression. And, uh, and also we're maybe socialized that way. Uh, you know, it, some of the, like maybe some positive aspects of masculinity would be like, you know, protector or something, mm-hmm. you know, kind of have that, that instinct, and, but like protecting, protecting from what, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, violent people mm-hmm. and the, I mean, I don't know. It's so it's kind of a, from what I get from where you're saying, psychosocial. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of a mixture of nature versus nurture, right? Yeah, it is. Or nature and nurture, I guess you could say. Yeah. Cause the, I mean, yeah, if you, if you were thinking about testosterone, right. 
that linked with aggression, right? Yeah. And sex drive. And, mm-hmm. you know, so the, it's not unusual that uh, <clears throat> you're going to see a, a higher likelihood of that. Now, I don't like that argument necessarily because that limits it, right? That just, well, we're just. What, what limits it? Well, if we just say we have testosterone, then, oh, you know, then it just. As the only variable? Right. We're just oh, right. mindless beasts and we right. can't be controlled, right? right. Because That's you said it. something else. I think that part of it is is um uh, absorbed through through society and through our culture like we also are kind of learning this and so um this this is where sometimes like when you start getting into like how how you choose to express you know your gender being masculine um how you choose to express that is is I think it, I think it differs from, you know, like culture to culture, society to society, because yes, in general, you're going to have some, some general characteristics of what it means to be a man and masculinity and so on and so forth. But then depending on, you know, where you grew up and, and what you were taught, um, will have a whole lot to do with how you act. Right. And, and I would just think, um, you know, we'll use some extreme examples, but, I, I don't know. I, I would imagine, I would just imagine that um, dudes in Finland, or not Finland, Iceland, that's, which one's the, or Greenland, which one's the really, Greenland's the really cold one, right? Right. Iceland is actually green. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Really cold. Um, not a whole lot of population there. There's not a, there's not a, a huge, um, a huge, uh, I don't know, like metropolis type setting or anything like that. And typically I don't really think of like Iceland or Greenland or any of those like, and I don't know if it's just the cold, but like it just doesn't strike me as like those are incredibly violent places to grow up in. Right. Almost positive. The statistics would back you up on. Right. But if then I were to go over to like, I don't know, uh, war torn countries like Sierra Leone or something like that. And, and I look at that and again, I don't know if the climate has anything to do with it, but it's hot. You know, um, there, there is a lot of, you know, kind of, uh, not really, uh, it, it just seems those two different areas you grow up in in a different environment and you would respond differently to those. I mean, sure, there's, you know, I, I, maniacs everywhere you go, but I'm just saying in general, you know, statistically, what are you looking at in terms of of where you grew up and how you would learn what it means to be a man in those different areas? I mean, are you are you are you talking so like, you know, you compared like Greenland to Sierra Leone and I me mean, you brought up heat which I think it actually is a factor, but there's, you know, a population de- density and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. also like cultural clashes. Sure. You know, if you, if you have multiple cultures um, or religions, yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, if you have a, a society that's maybe monolithic in uh, as far as like beliefs and ideals, they're not, there's not going to be as much uh, violence between, between groups. Mm-hmm. You have a, you know, society where there's some level of Balkanization, like the Balkans, you know, like all the shit that went down in the nineties, we learned about on channel one news, uh, the, was that with Lisa Ling? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it was Serbia, Croatia, Bosnia, Herzegovina, Yeah, you know, like it was a tightly packed area of people that there was religious, I forget which group was the, it was, you know, Muslims and Christian type war mm-hmm. going on. And, uh, 
very different cultural ideals and there's a lot of conflict and men at the helm of yeah. that, of that conflict. Well, and he makes a, he makes a, a pretty good distinction that I was kind of paying attention to. And, and that's what I wonder thinking about the difference between what Katz is saying that violence is about violent masculinity and not about violent again. males. Vi- oh, so say it again. So he says violent. So what he says is that violence is about violent masculinity rather than violent males. Okay. Because the implication I think is that males and like boys and men are just violent. That is the implication. Right. Yeah, that's kind but, of what I push back on. And and I think violent masculinity is a better description of toxic masculinity. Like toxic masculinity again just doesn't it just seems toxic is a it's like one of those words that like catches your attention, you know, like toxic. It's like, it just, it's something that is such in the, in the zeitgeist right now that people are just kind of gravitating towards, right? Yeah. Rather than just calling it for what it is, it's violent masculinity. And and the idea there is that, well, yeah, if, if being, if masculinity is taught and learned, you know, and adopted, well, yeah, if I teach violent masculinity, then the men and boys who are learning that are going to be violent, but it has, it's not that males in general are violent. It's that, you know, they, they are learning this violence through what it, what it, what they're being taught to be a man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, well, and that like, also I think a distinct distinction needs to be made about <clears throat> intention when it comes to the violence. Like, I mean, cause it's kind of two sides of the same coin is that it seems to be that an absolute disproportionate amount of men are the ones that are committing violent actions. Yeah. And on the, on the flip side of that, the, the variable that tends to in the moment, stop the violent action is often violence. Right. And violence waged by people that are in a protector status, as Mm -hmm. opposed to like the, a criminal status. And so violent masculinity, I like, I almost feel like, I mean, it would be clumsy wording, but somehow, intent some version of intent has to be worked into there mm-hmm. it, it's because I, I think that's i think that's the thing is that it, it would be nice if violence didn't exist and that, that that's that i mean that will never happen right right it's gonna it's going to exist and, it, and i think it it'll probably be men waging it sure yeah. and it pretty well defines like you know why a, a lot of law and order exists, right? We've kind of talked about that before, like kind of the idea of the zero sum game that um, our, our choice to follow laws and rules boiled down to um, whether or not we're willing to engage in violence, you know, to kind of get our way. And at one point or another, the zero sum game is, is that, that I lose that. And we're trying to change that mentality into like, well, no, 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 we can, you know, provided that I'm just choosing to follow rules, then that it doesn't turn into that. Like my decision to turn that into a zero sum game where, you know, police officers, the government essentially is going to now use violence to control my behavior. That's, that's where it becomes a problem. Or I'm going to try to out violent them, which you're never going to be able to do. Right. But it's kind of funny because have you ever noticed one thing that I, I thought I saw in this, which was crazy was like, um, when he, he, he has a term for this, it's kind of the next segment that he has on here. What did you want? Was he talks about hiding in plain sight. And, um, and basically when it, it's fun, I don't know, it's kind of like the, the, um, the thing to do these days is to shit all over dudes, right? Uh, males and stuff. Yep. And, but, but when it is, when it's like 
commented in the news and stuff like that, it's never described that way. It's never described as this is a male problem. Mm. And and look, it, it's kind of like saying, well, it, it doesn't really help us now work on this issue and say, well, we need to rethink about what it means to be a male. This is this yeah. is actually pretty good stuff. All right. Take take a look at this. If I can get my cursor. And this has been true across the board. No matter what kind of violence is under scrutiny, there's been a systematic failure to focus on men as men. A failure all the more glaring given that mainstream media outlets have no problem at all taking gender seriously when women are the ones doing the violence. Teenage girls involved in violent fights. A fight between two young girls breaks out on the playground. More and more teenage girls are getting involved in violent fights. When girls and women act out violently, their gender becomes the story. The same way race True. becomes the story with men of color. The horrific murder rate in Chicago. Does it have to do with guns or race? When men of color rape women or shoot people or blow things up, race and culture move to the forefront of the story. Is there a racial situation? Not necessarily. Crowding out the fact that the vast majority of the perpetrators under consideration, no matter what color they are, are men. All of this is partly a function of how dominant ideologies work linguistically to conceal the power of dominant groups. For example, when we hear the word race in the United States, we tend immediately to think about African Americans, Latinos, Asian Americans, Native Americans, Pacific Islanders, South Asians. When we hear the term sexual orientation, we tend to think of gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgendered people. And when we hear the term gender, we tend to think of women. In each case, the dominant group, white people, heterosexual people, men, don't get examined as if white people don't belong to some racial grouping, as if heterosexual people don't have some sort of sexual orientation, as if men don't have a gender. In other words, we always focus on the subordinated group and not on the dominant one. And that's one of the ways that the power of dominant groups isn't questioned, by remaining invisible. And when it comes to masculinity, this invisibility often runs across the political spectrum. I'm here to... Okay, so in other words, you kind of see what he's saying. Like when it boils down to, when it boils down to like... <clears throat> If if girls are being violent, like it's so novel that their gender becomes the issue, yeah. not the violence itself, or or if there's uh you know guns or race that's involved in this, well then that becomes the issue. Forgetting the fact that mo like all those statistics that we went through was a male problem. So like men are the default. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's almost so it's almost so like granted that that's the case that they're just not even willing to to kind of to kind of even even look at it here's here's like, two, like, like it's not two men getting a fight if you hear two if you hear like two people are fighting like those are dudes so it's but they don't say two men got in a fight but those like two two women got in a fight right yeah. right 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 so like if you if you look at this like here's here's his hiding in plain sight kind of premise here after every event like this, the questions always are the same. What causes this kind of a shooting? How can this happen? How can they be stopped? Look at media coverage of mass shootings. During hours and hours of exhaustive reporting, commentators seem to go out of their way to find gender-neutral ways to talk about this violence. The shooters in Aurora, the shooters in Newtown, the Connecticut shooter. The Aurora shooter. The alleged shooter, teenage psychopath. Mass murderers. The suspect. That kid. This punk. This murderer. <laughs> 
The male perpetrators become shooters or murderers or assailants or killers or suspects or psychopaths and any number of other genderless beings. It's kids killing kids in the heart of America. Violence committed by boys becomes kids killing kids and youth violence. Here is a revealing and frankly horrifying picture of youth violence in America. It doesn't seem to matter that girls are kids and youths too, but only commit a fraction of these kinds of crimes. The issue gets framed as a kid's issue and a problem with youth in general. And this baseline failure to acknowledge gender has a big effect when the discussion turns to other supposed causes of violence. Violence in the entertainment culture. Bloody games, gory movies, brutal TV shows. Call of Duty or Halo. Mental health issues, the faith issues. Autism or Asperger's syndrome. You're blaming the gun. Their mom and their dad. Substance abuse. Mental health, violent games, violent movies. I want to blame the real culprit. Alex. Suicide pills. Alex. Mass murder pills. (laughs) Alex Jones. Oh my gosh, that guy. That was his heyday right then yeah yeah but so i I don't know like the when when you i mean why do you why do you think they're doing that why do you i I don't know if that's deliberate though why do you think like the news commentators are that's what they're using gender neutral terms to talk about like perpetrators when all the perpetrators are predominantly male i don't know i because like the this tough guys documentary um, appears to be implying that it's maybe to protect men uh, or to like not point the finger at the culprit yeah. and to talk about it in a gender neutral way. Um, it, it, but man, it sure seems like it's uh, that men are often that I, I, doesn't seem like at least in modern day society, anybody has a, any problems about pointing the finger when men screw up and identifying it by men. So I'm, I'm a little puzzled by that. I don't, I don't know why. Well, I, 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 like, I don't think, I just don't think that it could be like deliberate. I don't, I mean, I don't think that that's what they're saying. Well, I think, I think, I, I think he's pointing that out. Like to me, what I'm, I'm seeing is like, I think it's so obvious that males are the perpetrators that oh, oh, they like don't even cho- yeah that like uh-huh. we don't even choose to mention it you know that that those things are so happening like obviously well yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that what you <clears throat> think he's saying or is that what you're like I, like what you're saying sounds like that might be more reasonable to me it's just like it's, i it's i cannot believe that a production team would get together and say hey guys we know that we we can't continue this male bashing stuff. So right, right. so let's uh, right. let's keep that on the DL. I just right. don't. I, I mean, if anything, well, you know, like <clears throat> some of those news commentators, I think particularly with and those those were kind of some older clips, but still, I think uh, I I don't notice this at all nowadays either. Is like this is a male problem. You know what I mean? Like that this is turning into rather than identifying as a male problem. And this is this is uh, I think it's a, a given at that point. Even our last one, when we talked about mass shootings, nobody talked about the fact that, you know, the the wave of the recent mass shootings that have that have sparked the idea that, OK, mental health providers, they're going to be the ones that are going to take care of this. Those were all dudes. Every single one of them were dudes. Right. And was there a mention that they were men? I don't recall. There wasn't. Yeah, and, I mean, it, and it, there was no focus on it. Certainly, there was no focus on right. it. Right. Otherwise, yeah, because it right. was it was just granted that that those were men. You right. Know what I mean, that's what I'm saying, and I think that 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 reinforcement, that subtle reinforcement that we're not paying attention to, it doesn't draw a clear distinction between dudes like you and Arlo, you know, who are masculine, but also not. I wouldn't categorize you guys as violent at all. And 
other guys who are are men clearly, but who are incredibly violent as well. There's mm. no distinction because because you're not pointing it out. It's just a given. Oh yeah, dudes are violent. And so when a a blanket term like toxic masculinity is used, and you know, kind of my earlier point is that there doesn't seem to be a distinction between masculinity in and of itself and then toxic masculinity that that would be the kind of the explanatory reason behind it is that distinction isn't given. It's not drawn. And that that's, I think it's, I mean, I, I think it's like Arlo is a great example Mm -hmm. of, of that. And, you know, you're giving me some love too with that, but like, I, I I don't want to talk about myself. We're talking about Arlo. Okay. Yeah. He, he, uh, genuinely one of the nicest human beings I know he you know him and his wife devote their time to doing like ministries in other countries and helping do work like in Costa Rica and different countries just for mm-hmm. like weeks at a time they've mm-hmm. done missions they you know uh like fundraisers like this and he's also one of the strongest people I've ever met and the dude can fight also yeah and uh I mean he did a Turkish get up with a human that's pretty impressive. Not yeah. many people can do that. Yeah. If you don't know what a Turkish get up is, look it up. Yeah. <laughs> you did that with a person. <laughs> yeah. and, and so like, I think he is a great example of what men should aspire to be. Mm-hmm. And cause he has all those traits that we'd want him to have it. Like it's, you know, he is nurturing. He is, he's a great dad. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's a leader in the, in the community. He's a leader at his church. Yeah. You know, he, he often speaks. He, so he's got these things. That he, he's a leader. He's super competitive. That's mm-hmm. also a masculine trait, mm-hmm. but not in the way. I mean, he organizes tournaments and invites those of us that like strength training and jujitsu to do these random tournaments. He challenges us to do the, like all these wild off the wall things like pulling a truck 10 miles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like all these things that are uh, masculine traits coupled with the the sensitivity and the vulnerability that we get encouraged to do you know as mental health professionals we know you know we often encourage men to like talk about how they feel mm-hmm. that's all very doable you know but but I I think that kind of coming back to the violence point you know in intention intention matters like one of my favorite quotes was said by one of the worst people in the world, um, Chairman Mao. You know, <laughs> yeah. but he had a you have yeah. it hanging above your bed. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I basically do it. It's that civilize the mind, but make savage the body. Okay, yeah. You no, know, I, I love that. It, I think that's a great template. Yeah. For, I mean, he probably should have took his own advice. Wasn't he not in the greatest? He was shape? not in great shape. <laughs> I was gonna yeah, say he, he was. He, <laughs> Take your advice, son. Was, yeah, he was. He was. I think he was living high on the hog there. He, he well, wasn't putting in the same work as the people he was starving out. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where all the food went. Right. <laughs> exactly. In <laughs> you know, and like, like being. I think the idea is that, like, being a pacifist is thought about as being good as a social ideal, you know, mm-hmm. pacifist, meaning that you, you always promote peace. You don't engage in violence and look like, obviously that's ideal mm-hmm. that things go better when people are peaceful. Um, I don't think that a person can get like bonus points for being a pacifist unless they have the capacity to be violent. Mm-hmm. It's more respectable for somebody to 
have the traits that make somebody an effective protector or a warrior or, you know, just capable. We'll Mm -hmm. just call it capable. Mm -hmm. And, uh, lost my train of thought. Help me out here. Well, the one thing is on this where cats is cause the question I was asking was more like, do you think this is a conscious effort on part of like news commentators or, or our media? Right. Like, in other words, do you think it's just simply too obvious that to point out that men and boys are responsible for violent acts? Right. But 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 and what Katz kind of goes on and, and I like this, he, you know, so his his thing is he says, while mainstream analysis of the causes of violence regularly focuses on myriad variables from guns and drugs to video games and dysfunctional families, there's often little to no analysis of why it is that girls and women are also affected by such violent variables, yet commit nowhere near the level of violence men and boys do, Mm. which is totally true. It's not as if women live in a a bubble and they aren't exposed to the same stuff that we are. They're in the same same, same social environment. Right. So they they shift this into, you know, access to guns and violent video games and violent movies and all the rest of it. And it's like, well, okay, if that's the case, then why Why aren't aren't all the women this this issue too? It says one particularly glaring example of how men, uh, how gender of perpetrators uh, disappears in the media's use of the passive voice. Men's violence against women becomes simply violence against women. Hmm. And news reports repeatedly talk about women being harassed, abused, assaulted or raped with virtually no reference to the perpetrators, which are all men. All of this is partly the function of how dominant ideologies work at the level of language to conceal the power of dominant groups and shield them from scrutiny and critical reflection. In other words, like the language isn't there pointing out that this is a men's issue and this is a male issue and that protects us from any scrutiny or critical reflection, which guys should be doing like they they should really I mean, call out other men. What, no, well, I don't know if it's no, no, no. I, I think it's just pay attention to yourself and be willing to accept some of those things. Like it's not to su- because, OK, here's the beautiful thing about this. Right. Is so the question has to be, well, what the hell are girls doing right now? It's not to say act more like girls. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying what what is it that they are functionally doing better mm, than males are because they are question. they are consuming and enjoying the same type of material that we are. I mean, think about, think about, you know, girls that, that we all know that, that love violent movies, you know, and, and gory movies and And dude, murder podcasts. The reason why murder podcasts exist and are, are famous is because like girls like listening to that. Okay. I like listening to them too. My wife's full scale addicted. Dude. Yes. Like they love it. They love it. So, and I don't know what it is, but what I do know though, is they're not out like, translating that into action and killing things right part of that is i think that uh men and women like at least from a male perspective personally i don't know how much this applies to everything else i just feel like guys are more behavioral and and they tend to be more action oriented than emotional and cognitively oriented what about like status you know men jockey for status and kind of like pecking order type stuff oh sure yeah yeah but i mean like I I think the default for guys is to take action and behave rather than just sit in it for a minute and maybe emote, you know, like like we're impulsive more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. I, I, I Do you think, think we are. Is that I I, I, th- I don't know that is that that seems like it would be true. I think we're quicker to action, which would then signal that we just don't think things and deliberate things as well. Right. Um, and and. and <laughs> 
So think about it like this. Uh, like I, I and, and it's weird when guys act differently too. Like it, it's, it's odd. So this is a good, this is a good thing though. But, um, you know, there's how many countless, there's a really good video called it's not the nail. I don't know if you've seen oh, it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And the whole thing is, is the, show that to clients. yeah, in, in this, you know, um, the, the, the basic premise is the guy's talking to the female and she has a nail in her head and she's complaining to him about not just headaches and, you know, pressure in her head and stress and all that. And she's got a nail sticking out of her head and it's obvious. And he's trying to point out, he's like, well, you, you, you got a nail. And she's like, it's not about the nail. You know what I mean? And, uh, um, he's like, Okay. You know, and the whole thing is she just wants him to listen to her, right? She just wants him to. And he gets bonus points once he does just ignore the nail and say, that must be tough. That must be really hard, you know? And then she's talking about getting her sweater stagged and all this other stuff. And he's like, you know, you could just, you know, okay. Now what, what, what I think that that's a, a minute and a half. Okay. So if any of you have time, just YouTube, it's not the nail and you'll see what I'm talking about. And it encapsulates this issue is that men focus on problem solving and we are action oriented and we're behavioral oriented. Whereas females Mm. tend to sit in it longer, sit in the situation longer, deliberate and cognitively work through the issues and are willing to be emotional about the issues. And we're weird. We categorize them as crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, guys, dude, she's crazy. And I'm like, crazy Meanwhile, for- we're the ones right. beating people's ass. I'm like, crazy for what? Right? And oh, did you see her crying and carrying on? I'm like, well, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. But, but, um, okay. And, and, and what? You know what I mean? Um, guys, on the other hand, we, we hurt ourselves and other people at an astronomical rate. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, okay, we need to be crazier than guys like dudes, <laughs> males. We need to be crazy. Okay. That's we need message, to start. Huh? Yeah. We yeah. like, let's start being crazy because that's what crazy is. Let's do it. Right. Yeah. Because the way you're describing this and, and that's the, that's the difference because sometimes I don't know if that's glorified or accepted or, or okay, but I think that hurts guys and, and people look at that and they start to just, it, it's just, it, all it is, is it turns into kind of a numbers game, right? So judges, POs, lawyers, uh, everybody who looks at this says, well, that's a dude. And what I do know about dudes is they just tend to be more violent and they have higher recidivism rates and they're less likely to be rehabilitated. So the punishments for this person need to be a little bit stiffer, right? Whereas females, opposite end of the spectrum. Now, of course, everybody has some trivia, like, I don't know, some story about crazy Barbara down the road or what, you know, or whatever. Yeah, anecdotal but, evidence. Right. I, I don't care about that. I'm saying in general, this, this is kind of the case that, that the, because otherwise I think if, if you're not paying attention to this, then, then you're, you're, you're not going to be able to address the issue at all. Right. Um, even I've, I've encouraged guys to <laughs> try to be upfront in, in relationships and talk to their, you know, say, Hey, I'm an idiot, honey, by the way. And um, so I don't know what type of conversation this is. Is this a you want me to fix something for you conversation or is this a you want me to listen to you conversation? Because I'm willing to do both because I care about you, but I'm too stupid to know which one we're talking about. Go. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know how well that works. (laughs) Kind of sounds like it might not work very well. But that old school book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Yeah. That's literally what the whole book's about. Yeah. That that exact concept. And it, it, it I think it does. Oh, you read that, that? dialogue? Yeah. Gross. I, I had to. Yeah. Why did you have to? When uh, my first job in this field I was working for a 
the company that had the contract at Nuke, mm-hmm. and there was a, a healthy relationships class, and they used that as the curriculum. And you had to. They, that was the curriculum. That was the curriculum. Yeah. What's the? Were there questions and answers and stuff? No, that was up to me to figure out. <laughs> it was. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But it was that concept. Yeah. Well, dude, I, this is how I look at it. Like I think about um, this. Well, if if you just, I, I think this. If you start to put this into um if it's just a, a you know turning it into that okay this is just how it is i think that's very dangerous and i think it's very dangerous not just because we're we're not going to point the issue out but i think it's also going to lead a lot of men to kind of give up you know and say well we're because sc- this is how it is right we're screwed anyway, we're wired that right? way this is this is one of the things that here let me show you this last clip here right and then you'll kind of get look at that look at that got dude AR, i know AK, it's way into mainstream is. discussions about violence the conversation is usually less about men's identity than it is about their genes. There are young men involved in these things. There's a lot of testosterone there. What is it about the testosterone of being a young man that makes this come to this gun violence head so often? Why does it seem that these mass shooters are boys and not girls? Well, I think, you know what? I think there's probably some gender difference there. Uh, maybe there's some insulation uh, from, you know, things endocrine whether it's the estrogen level or who knows what. There's this common refrain that biology and evolutionary history are destiny, that men's violence is all about testosterone and our prehistoric role as hunter-warriors were just programmed to be violent. Really, it goes back to hunter-gatherer days. Yeah. You hear another version of this in the common refrain, boys will be boys. Let boys be boys. They want to play rough. Don't try and over-medicate them and, you know, turn them into girls. They're boys. A six-year-old boy goes like this, and he's suspended. And, and and we end up having to talk about it because, you know, they just are unable to let boys be boys. And it all amounts to pretty much the same thing. Men's violence is somehow inevitable. We should just all throw up our hands and let the criminal justice system sort it out. Face. One thing that we can say for certain is, that is men are more violent than women. I don't like it. This is a, this is a natural is phenomenon. A smile? There's a close association between hormonal balances and levels of violence. It's like a facial tear, This is very clear. No one would deny that there are biological factors that sometimes come into play with violence. The problem is when biological arguments lead people to conclude that men are just beasts who are overcome by hormonal urges they can't control. The area of the brain that's responsible for aggression is larger in general in men. And so men's natural tendency is towards being aggressive. The fact is that human behavior is a product of a complex set of biological and environmental factors. And it's the height of male bashing to suggest otherwise, to imply that men are incapable of making moral and ethical decisions, that boys are born hardwired to bully, rape, and murder. But perhaps the most damaging thing this kind of thinking does is that it blinds us to the fundamental role that cultural systems play in all of this. Okay, so, I, I mean, the, the part that I just don't like about, it, it, of course, of course, there's a, there's a component there of, of the, you know, um, the the bio the biology you know behind it's being a factor. male of course, um, but it can't be the only factor, right? Um, well, it's pretty limiting if it is. Well, right, that because then it doesn't take into account the fact that you know, um, of like we've been talking for this whole time about dudes like Arlo, right? Which, which in my opinion, that's if I was thinking about dudes, that's the kind of guy I would want representative of guys, right? Which is just usually not not what we think, you know, as a society kind of think about dudes when it comes to those things. And in fact, it's really weird. Like 
because I'm like, I'm a big softy when it comes to like kids now, you know, <laughs> like I just can't help it. Like water works every yeah. single time. Yeah. See you with your kids. Right. Yeah. And I was, and I was watching, uh, like I was just watching a uh, ink master the other day and, um, they did a, a flash challenge. And one of the flash challenges were they, they customized, uh, wheelchair rims for like, um, well, they all kinds of different disorders, but there was a kid with cerebral palsy and another gal with stuff. I don't even know. Dude, the kids come out and they're, you know, wheeling out and everything. And I'm like, I can't even keep my shit together. I just start crying because I'm like, oh, little kids, you know, I don't even know who these kids are. And, you know, and I'm like, OK, well, that that's but and and it's and it's weird sometimes to see guys like that. Right. Like it just is weird to see guys acting that way, which it shouldn't be, but, but this is what I will say to that is that puts us in a really good position to take advantage of those things. Not in a bad way, take advantage of that. Like, here's the example that I, I love bringing up is I, I was in drug court, uh, family drug court for, I think I did it for about six years, right? Predominantly my client base was females that were, um, you know, using with a kid in utero. And then when they gave birth, kid tested positive, you know, CPS was there, DCFS took custody of that kid. And the whole court was about getting custody back of those kiddos, right? And so mostly girls. Now, every once in a while, there was a dude that was in the family drug court. And one of my guys in particular, he had, um, he was a hardened dude. Okay. I mean, big time history of, of violence and aggression and run-ins with the police officers mm-hmm. and everything else. Right. And, uh, so he, now, now before every court, like they would, you know, you'd go up there in front of the judge and, um, now, now you got to think about the ratios in here too. So I was the only male on my team. Okay. There was four other counselors, all of them female. On the DCFS side of the aisle, every single one of the case managers, females. The GAL, female. Okay. The the AG, female. The the defense attorney, female. The judge, female. The bailiff, female, like all of them. Okay. And what would happen is, is they do these staffings and then the the clients would be brought before the judge, you know, and the judge would admonish them or talk about them for what they did in the last week and how well things are going. You know, it's like two or three minutes. I swear you probably had 10 girls go up there. All of them waterworks crying, bawling, you know, some of them relapsed, some of them didn't. They're talking about getting their kids back and all this other stuff. And I mean, I'm not going to say that they were looked at with disdain from the other females that were in that room. But indifference is probably a better description of it. Oh, like, really? They just didn't care one way or the other that these girls were crying. You, you know, had a different emoting. reaction, though, didn't you? No, I didn't have any reaction indifference. to that. No, no, no. I, I, well, no, I wasn't indifferent about them. I recognized that they were struggling. and but, but the thing is, is they were so used to females crying, it didn't affect them at all. Oh. Nobody, nobody, you couldn't see the other females in the room getting emotional. Okay. And I wasn't getting emotional because I don't know, watching adults cry doesn't really affect me. Okay. Not has nothing to do with them. Then my client comes up. Okay. Hardened dude. Everybody knows he's a hardened dude. And, um, he, he had a pretty good month. Okay. And he goes up in front of there and, and his daughter was just born and his, they had some, uh, and she was little, so she was a preemie. Right. And they have, uh, and they, when you, when you go into the hospital, you've probably seen these pictures. You know, it's like a, a close-up of of a dude's yeah. hands and the baby's in the hands. And it looks like he's holding a little angel. You know, they airbrush angel wings on there or whatever. So somebody had 
a photographer had donated a package to the drug court and he had like earned it somehow. Right. And so he's taking these pictures and um, so they show the picture in drug court, you know, like put it up on a big screen. Everybody's like, oh, my, oh, she's so cute and all the rest of it. Now, this guy, though, he starts talking now. So he has on his hands. OK, <laughs> he has on one hand the F word, F-U-C-K, right on this hand, on his knuckles. Yeah. The other hand, you, Y-O-U, yeah. exclamation point on the pinky. OK, <laughs> yeah. so you can imagine now. He was holding his daughter and and they had to airbrush that out. So he was talking to them and he was saying, God, man, like, I can't tell you how ashamed I was when I went in and and told them, you know, like I had to have the conversation with the photographer and the photographer said, oh, don't worry, we'll airbrush those out. And I'm holding my precious little girl there and I see those tattoos yeah, on yeah. my fingers and I just feel so ashamed, right? And then he started crying and dude, there wasn't a dry eye in the audience. Everybody, every girl, everybody in there, including the bailiff was crying. Really? And I'm like, wait, what? Hold on. What about the 10 chicks that just came up here? Did they get no credit? None? Like, <laughs> like what, what happened? Like what happened? Do you just think it then? was the anomaly? I think so. Yeah. So this is where I, I tell guys, Look, you you have a gift given to you right now because the contrast between you showing vulnerability and showing emotion is so odd and out of character that that people are going to notice and they're and they're going to notice big time. Okay. When you got, you know, dudes who are doing things that is, are not traditionally dude stuff, we notice this stuff, right? Like things like Arlo, he's a true humanitarian, but I don't know how many, you know, I, like Part of it, I, I attribute to the fact that he's a really nice guy, but also I think it's because he's a dude, you know, like there's more recognition given to those things because huh, uh, of that. Right. So I, I say <clears throat> do it because it's the right thing to do and because we know statistically and just, you know, cognitively, intellectually, it makes sense to just say, oh, yeah, like if I just sit in these things for a minute process my thoughts, deliberate for a minute and be okay with being emotionally vulnerable. I'm not going to act out and behave in violent ways or aggression, you know, when it's unwarranted. And that's what we really want from a lot of our uh, clients. That's consistent with everything we try to teach them in treatment when it comes to relapse prevention, all the, you know, the thought and feeling management, you know, uh, responding to emotion, understanding your own emotions. Right. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I have a prescription for it. I mean, if you had allow for it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Allow for it. I mean, if you had like, do, well, what do you, what do you tell your clients when it comes down to that conversation? Cause it is weird. Like I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I, you guys should cry more. That's not it. That's not what I'm saying. I acknowledge that it's weird. And I, and I have some like, like, I, I don't know about you, but I, I have like a handful of personal stories and anecdotes that I, I, I have like a, probably like 10 to 15 different stories, depending on what it is. I'm trying to explain like a, like a, like a Rolodex of stories to make a point. And I, I, I do have one in particular that I use to, um, to share an example of me showing vulnerability in a time that I actually like cried and it had the desired effect, I guess mm -hmm. it, it's like, a, I mean, it's beyond the scope of me sharing that story here, but sure. it's, yeah, but, but yeah, it, it, it's a, because look like, it's cliche as hell and dudes don't respond well to just being told to, it, it doesn't sound genuine. And so I try to kind of take the tact of leading by example and like, here's, you know, here's a time when I've tried it. And 
I always open up the story by talking about how it was probably two or three years into um, dating my, who's my wife now before she even saw me cry once, Mm -hmm. you know, and I talked about how I was a hypocrite as a therapist, you know, I'm telling people to open up, but I'm not doing it. Then I go on to share the story, blah, 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 blah. And uh, the, the way I tell it, I think at least, resonates and that they can tell I'm being genuine. Mm -hmm. And then if they can see that I'm being genuine and I'm not just talking out of a, out of a textbook and then it's like a legit story that's for real for me. Um, that seems to at least get them to think about things. Mm -hmm. And when it happens in session, you know, like super common to have clients cry in session. That's, that's happened. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Right. And like, I'm, I'm careful to not like rescue them from their emotion. It's I'll, I'll keep them, in the moment, keep them talking, hand them a box of tissues, keep, keep talking and just kind of help helping them sit with that emotion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, whether the tears are inspired by guilt and shame for what they did or the destruction they caused in their family or, you know, the, the, the sadness they go through from not being able to see their family for Christmas because of their mm-hmm. decisions, mm-hmm. like, like things like that. And so it, I, I make sure that, I mean, I don't rescue them from their emotion. I let them sit in it, but ultimately I, you know, I might ask some cliche things to say, like, you know, like, yeah, appreciate you opening up. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, and I guess my thing is, is look, emotions, are, I, I don't know how else to describe them other than just, you know, they're just energy associated with reminding us about survival. Right. Yeah. And, right. And exactly. with humans, they're, they're a very sophisticated reminder uh, versus like compared to like other animals who just live in fear all the time. Right. Like we have a very large emotional range that allows us embarrassment and shame. Right. right. They're just alarms to tell us, Hey dummy, something important is happening here. You need to pay attention. Right. The other piece of that though, is that that energy is leaving your body one way or another. You control how it leaves though, because think about tears. What are they but a physical representation of emotion? Like it's just a sure. manifestation yeah. of emotion, right? Um, Mike Hanley once said, you know, like he had he had a good line that I've never tried to say because if it came Another out of one. my face, I can't say it. Yeah, like if if your tears could talk, what would they say? But when he says it, it like makes me start crying. I'm like Jesus, <laughs> dude. <know>. But like, <laughs> but like, uh, exactly. I know his voice is like an angel, yeah. but like I, I couldn't say it and sound, you know, just because my voice sucks. But uh, but I I do agree that like a dude crying is, is important and it's an important moment for them because it's a good representation of, you know, like you showing emotional vulnerability and expressing emotion physically in a way that's not violent. Whereas we're just more comfortable with that. So it's coming out. It's coming one way or another, one way it's that energy is leaving your body. You choose how you're going to, to do that. And then also rethink what this means. Like when I, if you say to somebody, be a man, Okay, well, then why can't being a man uh, be linked with adapting to challenging situations or showing Great. strength in in tough times, you know, um, or, or you know, uh, uh, being accountable and responsible for your own behaviors um, and, and showing a willingness to change those? What, the, why does That's it have perfect. to right, be a man? Why does it have to be linked with violence is right. what I'm saying. So, um, so I don't know if there's necessarily... A, a, a one sentence prescription for it to say, do these things rather than, you know, I, I do think rethink what masculinity means for you individually and take advantage of the fact that when you are demonstrating these behaviors in a pro social way, people are going to notice and they're going to think differently about you 
like that. Perfect. So is that where we end? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. So we'll see if you don't die this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going to, <laughs> going to uh, pull, pull that truck, pull those exactly. kids across the, uh, across the ocean. Across the tundra. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see you, folks. And that about does it for this episode of the Gorilla Social Work Podcast. If you like what you hear, convince the five-star rating that using black charcoal when they brush will actually make their teeth shine whiter. But before they try it for the first time, replace their tooth charcoal with black paste industrial dye. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please help us grow by sharing with a friend. We'd like to stay in chat longer, but we're lying. Good night.